Welcome to today's episode of Turn em Loose Podcast. I'm your host, Peyton Tomlin, a.k.a. PT. And if you haven't done yet, please hit that subscribe or follow button so that you never miss another episode again. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in. Uh, today, the topic is going to be Ahmaud Aubrey's case. Uh I definitely want to discuss this a little bit, give my point of view of this. I know everyone is are upset about this, and you have every right to be, so am I. That's why it took me some time to decide to even post this. Um, it's such a sad and tragic situation. Nothing that is too new to, to you if you're African-American. We hear stories not quite like this, but there's some... Uh, baseline of this in a lot of the stories that we have. Uh, probably the most noticeable one would be the Trayvon Martin killing uh, by the Zimmerman dude, who, by the way, is still walking around, which absolutely just tears my heart apart for that family to know that their their son's murderer is free and still walking. But this one is just a little bit different. Same kind of scenario, but different. If you're not familiar with this case, then a quick summary uh, without going into too many details. You could Google it if you want, but there was a young man, Ahmaud Aubrey, who was out jogging, ran through a neighborhood which is considered by uh, the civil rights lawyer as a his name is Lee Merritt, by the way. He's uh, representing the, the mother in this case. But he said that area, that neighborhood is a segregated area. All Caucasians in there. Um, and Aubrey was running through that neighborhood. He's just jogging. Uh, so I, I guess they're building houses over there. So there was a house that was framed, and he ran into the house, looked around, three to four minutes, ran back out. There was a man by the name of Gregory McMichaels, who must have been outside on his porch or, or whatever. Um, he saw Aubrey run into this house, and according to his statement, that neighborhood had a lot of break-ins recently. And he thinks Aubrey Ahmed fit the profile of the person who was breaking into the house, houses in there. So he calls his son, Travis, and they begin to hop in a truck, and chase this guy. There's a third person. Uh, I don't know how he got involved. I don't know if while they were driving, they called out to him because he was outside or if they called him, called him while they were already pursuing him. There was a guy named William Bryan, goes by Robbie, I believe, who he's the guy who actually recorded the the shooting on tape. So he... Uh, he joins the the hunt. The three of these men follow Omar down the road for a while. They're chasing him. Uh, they're trying to cut him off. He's running. They're, they're telling him to stop. They they want to ask him some questions. Uh, and he kept running, kept running until they finally kind of trapped him in. He had nowhere else to go. The older gentleman, Gregory McMichaels, get, gets out of the truck, and he approaches Ahmed a fight ensues, and they end up shooting him. I met three times, I believe, 
as you can see it on the video, to where he falls and takes his last breath. The, the tragic part about this is that the man who was recording, who is now, by the way, doing his, his world tour, he's on CBS and everywhere else claiming that he's innocent and that he had no part in this. Uh, according to the civil rights lawyer, they were passing this video around amongst their friends. It wasn't until, because remember, this incident happened back in February, so it didn't really start getting traction until uh, the end of April and then early May, definitely. So they were passing this around for about a month or two around to their friends, and then as this thing started to take traction, somehow it was leaked to the media. Kind of suspicious because it was leaked right after... Um, they went to arrest the two gentlemen and the rumor was that it was leaked to show that they, that those guys were in their right to do what they did. I think uh, the way that I was, the way that I heard it is that he released the video to show that Ahmad was the aggressor and that's why they shot him. <laughs> Imagine that, right? So, that's the, the background of this whole situation. Now, here's the problems that I have with everything that I just talked about. These guys are not cops. Uh, Gregory was an investigator for their, their city's DA and for 31 years, but he's retired. So even if they thought that this was the guy, their course of action should have been to call the police, but they claim they wanted to do a citizen's arrest and that they're able to do it legally because Georgia does have a law that allows for citizens to make arrests. In 2020, there, and I know Georgia's not the only state, but there are probably multiple states, and I will have to Google it and look it up, that has this rule. Now, I don't know about you all, but no citizen is going to arrest me. You know, that's just that's just will not happen. Uh, they're not trained to arrest me. They have no training. They have no background. They have no education in law. So what gives them the right to stop me from doing anything? That's how I see it. Um, with that said, to make this story even more intriguing is that because of the relationship that the father and the son has have in that town, no one seemed to want to prosecute them. So the original story was that they actually saw these people breaking into a house. Once that story changed, they went to the citizen arrest deal. Then they went to a self-defense background or defense. But no one locked them up. They literally chased the guy for however long, shot him, got questioned by the police, and then was set free for two months, two and a half months, actually, because they just got, uh, they were just arrested, I think, last week or maybe the week before. Uh, meanwhile, they couldn't find a DA in that town to even press charges. One DA actually even wrote a letter explaining why they were in their rights to do exactly what they did. 
And all three A, all three DAs, sorry, tongue twister, uh, recused themselves from the case. And then I had to go into a different town to find a new DA to prosecute. I think she came out of, I think she's out of Atlanta, maybe, uh, or Savannah. It's Atlanta or Savannah, somewhere around there. Uh, to add on to that, they couldn't find a judge in in that city of Brunswick, Georgia, to even reside over the case. So they had five judges that recused themselves. They had to go get a judge from Savannah, Georgia, to come in to oversee this case. Something is wrong here, right? Um, this is definitely just completely wrong. This is something that if you're a black person, you point out and you could look at any of your white friends or Mexican friends or Asian friends, whatever friends you have that are not black, and look at this and go, how does any of this make sense? And please wait for an answer. You'll be waiting for a long time if you ask me because there's no way anyone can justify how you can't three DAs and five judges in one town who removed themselves from putting two guys who stalked a black man and shot him in cold blood in jail. That that prison, <laughs> we're talking about just jail, holding cell, until we figure it out. Nobody wants to do anything. They were like, nope, just just let them go, and hopefully this thing blows over. And there, there, there was two months or so because of the coronavirus that this story was kind of lost nationwide. Of course, locally, I can only assume that it was on television and in the news and people were reporting it. So this goes back to just a deeper thought, right? And this is what I really want to get into. Um, you know, since since African-Americans or Africans at that time were brought here from Africa as slaves, we have never been liked. We have always been the target of injustice. The same conversation that I'm having right now and the same frustration that I'm having right now is the same frustration my father had. It's the same frustration his father had and his father before him. And it goes all the way back. There has never been a time in American history where blacks were considered equal and treated as such. There might be small pockets and towns, and yes, we're definitely better than we have been, but we still have this going on in small town America. And you can't, if you live in a city, then yes, maybe you're blinded to it, and maybe you're saying, but no, there's no way that uh, things could still be so bad. And I could attest for that, right? Growing up in D.C., Prince George's County, uh, you know, I, I lived there, not my whole life because I'm originally from Pittsburgh, but when I moved there when I was about eight, nine years old, uh, I stayed on that East Coast. I never had a, my first plane ride was to basic training. So getting stationed out west in Idaho, I actually thought that every place looked like D.C., like the East Coast. I, I Driving into Idaho, I saw land for miles like it was so flat and there was no houses and there was no McDonald's and there was no nothing. You could just look 
for miles and see nothing but desert and mountains. That blew my mind. But then it opened my mind to understand that what I thought before was wrong. So when people see this, they should believe that whatever they thought before was wrong. Instead, they try to justify it or they don't speak up at all. Everyone who claims that there's no racism or there's no, uh, we're all equal under the law, then where's your outrage for this? There, there is none, right? Uh, there's a few. I'm not going to say no one is mad. And there are a, a few, a pocket of people who are definitely upset about this situation. But it should be more. Like, this should be, this goes against everything that America is supposed to be. And that's why I'm kind of upset that there's not more people um uh, reaching out and and demanding justice for Ahmad. It is, it is uh, I feel my heart just goes out to his mother who has, to, who has to deal with this for no reason. Can you imagine if your son or your daughter decided that they were just going to go for a jog and they didn't come home, go to the grocery store for some Skittles and a soda and never come home? And the killer is just walking free. My uncle was murdered in front of his family uh, a while back. And I could just imagine the feeling I will have to know that his killer is walking free. I honestly don't know how, how that how that is still possible, but there are better people than me out there who believe that God is the overall uh, judge of every situation, and, and I feel, and I, hey, I appreciate that. I appreciate them, and I would need them because if anything happened to one of my kids, I would need all those people around me to stop me from doing something that could possibly be stupid and and hurt my family even more. This is just a I, man. I don't even know where to even go with this even more, man. It's, it's just touching. The more that I talk about it, the more frustrated I get about it because this shouldn't have happened in 2020. And I'm not saying that the murder shouldn't have happened because murder happens every day. Not that it should or shouldn't, but let's just be honest, it happens. Um, you know, everyone kills everybody for some reason nowadays or another. And But what you expect after that happens is that the legal system would do their part. And it's all too often that that doesn't happen. And because that doesn't happen, it takes us back to a time when we remember that we were all we've always been treated unjustly since we've been brought here from day one. We've done the marching. We like even now, people are protesting, and we protest. We are the best protesters in the world because we protest everything, and we don't. We don't. Do we win or do we lose? I don't know. You know, I, I was having a conversation with someone the other day, and in my eyes, I was telling them, I don't know if the civil rights movement won. I think it kicked the can further down the street, but but we didn't win. And the reason I say we, don't, we we didn't win because King is dead. 
he died. He was murdered. And we are still being treated <laughs> unjustly. So did we win? Is it done? Is it the money that makes us think that, hey, no, nah, things ain't that bad? Is it that we have jobs now, that things aren't too bad for all of us? So therefore, instead of trying to push the can further down the street, are we content with not trying to push go backwards with the can? We have a lot of people in a lot of powerful positions now, and our narrative needs to be pushed more. We are the new generation of this next fight for civil rights for our people. And I think it's time that we have to step up to the plate and and do something about it. And I'll start. I'll be, you know, I'm sure there's people already out there doing it, but I, I'm getting into the game. I was very critical in one of my posts on in our group page, on Turn Em Loose networking page, about the NAACP because I read an article that said uh, that the NAACP, I don't know, they had questions about this case or something, but it came so late. Uh, it was the Atlanta branch of the NAACP, and this was after Joe Biden came out and after LeBron came out and Ellen came out, and everyone across the world decided now they're going to, they, they voiced their opinion about how much they hated this and how wrong it was, and then the NAACP came out and said and made a statement. And I thought that was way too late. I thought they should have been the first one at the table or at the door the moment they heard about it. They didn't need proof or facts. They could go and at best just go talk to the mother and see what her side of the story is. I don't think that happened, and I was and I was frustrated with the NAACP for that, but. I realized, uh, you know, there's a quote that says, if you want things to change, then be the change. So I'm going to be the change. I, I know I messed that quote up. But it, I'm going to be the change, and I'm and I'm going to sign up to be a member of the NAACP, and I will uh, try to fight this good fight until the end of my days because I think we all need to join these civil rights clubs. So rather it's Black Lives Matter, NAACP, or whatever else, Whatever other organization is out there, give your time and let's try to really end this. Let's do our part. Our parents marched. Our grandparents marched. Uh, it's time for us to march. It's time for us to look at different means and methods to demand that we get treated fairly. And we see we, we see what the we see what maybe the best course of action how to do that is there are a bunch of gunmen in Michigan at the Capitol building right now wanting what they believe is just treatment. They want to be able to come outside and get the coronavirus. And they're willing to kill people to get a virus that will kill them. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, we'll let them go. But you see the lengths for which they are willing to go to get their rights. And whenever someone approaches them, they just quote the law. And people generally leave them alone. So maybe we need to understand the law and do the same. Not that we want violence, but we have to definitely be willing to uh, defend ourselves when necessary. Today is Michael Mack's birthday, I believe, and, and we need to look at more of his teachings, I believe. We went the MLK route, and we saw where, and we see where we still are. I don't believe violence is the answer, but I think
I don't believe being targeted and being treated unfairly is is the way to go either. I don't think taking it and just getting and keep taking it is the answer either. Eventually, fighting back has to be something that is on the table. And I don't mean reckless. I'm not saying murder. I'm not saying any of that. But I'm saying we, we need to be able to stand up and take care of our own people in any matter or fashion that is necessary to get it done. And I don't mean it's just in white and black situations. I mean it's in every situation, including black and black situations. Uh, because as much as I like to sit here and I look at this Ahmad case and it is a white person and a black man or a few white people and a few white judges and a few white DAs and one black man, uh, we know that that's a problem. But that doesn't happen all the time. When I walk out my house, uh, the, I'm not necessarily always afraid that a white man is going to kill me. I'm afraid that my own people kill me because statistics show me that I'm more likely to be shot by my own brother or sister than a foreign person. And we can't allow that to happen either. We need to learn how to treat each other better and we need to just be better people and treat our neighborhoods better and give us a chance. It's, it's going to be hard to fight a fight asking for things when we're, when we're doing the same stuff to ourselves. So, yeah, it's sad that uh, it's sad and tragic that this had to that again, this incident has happened. It's sad that his mother has to go through this. It's sad that the cops can't just do right by by the family and just lock these people up and, and give them their day in court, right? Let's get judges and let's get lawyers and let's get there and let's lock these guys up and let's show the world that this is not okay. At least let's show our country this is not okay. They, Georgia, Brunswick, Georgia, or the whole state of Georgia, if you ask me, this is their chance to show the rest of the country that they're not who we think they are. This is their opportunity. This is their time. I hope they take advantage of it. Uh, that's all I have today. Uh, thank you for tuning in. If there's uh, any questions, concerns, or anything, hit me up. Uh, the My information to contact me will be in the description. Looking forward to you. And, uh, hey, uh, know what's in your heart and follow your own path. PT out. Turn them loose.